What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the next episode of the Three Peaks Fitness Podcast. I'm Coach Mark. I'm Coach Lynette. And today we are going to be talking about post-pandemic malaise, something that's very yeah. serious. It's something that a lot of people don't it's, – it's not really talked about, to be honest with you, but no. it's really impactful. It's impacted everybody. Yeah. Everybody in a really, really bad way. We're all feeling it, and this podcast is probably going to – you know, a few light bulbs are going to go off listening to this one. Yeah, and and – it will start a little bit like, you know, a little sad, but we were going to ha- tell you what to do about it, and it will have a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> so what is post-pandemic malaise? As you can probably guess, um, it's just an overall feeling of exhaustion or burnout as a result of the traumatic experience that we all just went right. through and kind of still are, sort of, not as as badly, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's not officially over. But, um, you know, that traumatic experience we all went through with COVID, you know, starting in 2020 and everything shutting down and the world going crazy. And, uh, you know, now that everything's just because everything is opened up and we are, quote unquote, back to normal, it doesn't mean that our brains, our bodies, our physiology has recovered. Right. What we just went through for two years. Yeah, I think we have yet to pay the emotional price for what we've been through. Like, this is the beginning of recovery from yeah. the whole thing. In fact, there's a, a new term coming up. So it used to, you know, FOMO, right? Fear of mm-hmm. missing out. Now there's FONO, fear of normal. Yeah. People fear don't want to leave their COVID caves and go back. Uh, they don't want to. There, there is a, a percentage of the population that does not want to return, like, Getting online and looking at plane tickets to visit their parents makes them nervous. Like, oh, I can't get on a plane. Or just trying to make appointments to go be with friends or, you know, it's just easier to just stay home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are doing that. That's really interesting. And we'll kind of talk about this more later in the podcast. But I wonder if that has something to do with almost like a, a trauma response. Yes, it is. Right? Because we yeah. are so so afraid, like going outside could it's like, kill you. How, how, doing anything could kill you. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like almost like someone who has, you know, PTSD sort of in a way. It's yeah. like, oh, you still have that, that gut response is, eh, I don't, that makes me uncomfortable. Like do, doing things makes me uncomfortable. There are, you know? yeah, I, I know people that are still like, oh, I'm, I don't feel safe, you know, going to that place. I'm not, I'm just not ready yet. I'm still worried about COVID. And so some of us, you know, some people have moved on. They're they're mm-hmm. moving on. But I think uh, there's plenty of people that are still mentally stuck in the pandemic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what I did is I kind of, when we were researching this, I think I narrowed it down to three things mm-hmm. that I thought were probably the primary contributors to this post-pandemic malaise that we're all experiencing. And so for me, the three things that I thought were, were number one, the constant online living. Mm -hmm. Number two, feelings of isolation and a lack of time outdoors. And then number three, the micro traumas and insecurities of living through a pandemic. So those were the big three that I felt like kind of encapsulated everything that we're experiencing. So the constant online living one is really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as I was doing those research. So our brains, they only have a limited mental bandwidth to work with at any given time, right? So the human brain works like way slower than the supercomputers we have now, right? So it, the mental bandwidth for your brain is about 120 bits per second. Okay. Okay. 
And so for those of you listening, just for reference, Lynette and I having this conversation or you having a one-on-one conversation with someone eats up about 60 bits uh, per second. So literally half, right? Half of your mental bandwidth is taken up just by talking one-on-one with someone. Okay. Right? Now, when everything shut down and moved online and we started having Zoom meetings, Mm -hmm. right? Now you have a screen of five, 10, 15, you know, who knows how many people uh, that you're having to process all at the same time. This is different than when you're in person, even if the meeting consists of 10 people, because it's not 10 people doing their own thing while trying to contribute to a meeting, right? Everyone in a room is on the same page and you know, there's only one person, generally one person talking at a time and everyone's kind of focused on them. Whereas on Zoom, you know, there are things like the delays, you know, the, la- the lag, like someone might be talking and then you're trying to, you don't have the same context cues that you would have, oh, wow. not verbal. So your brain is actually having to work harder to process 10 to 15 oh, <laughs> virtual interactions. All those little squares. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why so many people after a day full of Zoom meetings where you think, oh, I just sat at a computer and just looked all day. Why am I so tired? Well, that's why is because your brain uses a lot of energy. It one. does. And, it, and, and it's using, you are basically like overworking your computer for eight hours. Wow. Right. So it's no wonder at the end of the day, you're just stressed and exhausted and you, you don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Um, I feel that after one Zoom meeting. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then additionally, on top of all that, your brain is basically playing tug of war because you're on your computer. Right, and what else do we do on our computer? We uh, check social media, we yeah. read blogs, we check, you know, the ESPN to check the sports. You know, we do all these things we'd also normally do on the computer. Our brains are now having to uh, resist the temptation, you could say, of having of, of, of multitasking. Okay, so you're just um, like, no, I'm not going to check my email. I'm going to pay attention to the yeah, meeting. Yeah, exactly. Gotta stay engaged. Which then also, you know, takes away from your mental bandwidth. So basically your brain is just exhausted. Like okay. you're exhausting your brain and you're just stuck stuck inside and you don't have the, we didn't really have the same opportunities to recover and rejuvenate okay. our brain and help it reset because of... <laughs> Uh, number two, <laughs> right? Like the feelings of isolation and lack of outdoor time. Yeah. You know, that was definitely a big one. I mean, <clears throat> we were stuck inside for so long, like day in and day out, especially early on when everything, you know, everything was shut down. You know, even like parks, right? Even even like out- outdoor places that initially like yeah. where we lived were you weren't allowed to go there. Yeah, they roped off the playground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you li- you couldn't do anything. And so you're stuck inside. And so uh, an area of your life that was previously designated as, you know, where you are, where you relax, right? This is yeah. my safe place. This is where I relax, your home, right? This is just, I yeah. could kick my feet up, whatever. Now turned into everything. Yeah. It turned into Ugh. your gym. It turned into where you work. It turned into, you know. School. School. It tur- <laughs> yeah, it turned into e- everything was taking place there. Yeah. And the brain doesn't like that. No, the brain likes to likes to have like likes to fit things into boxes. Right, you need to physically <laughs> like. Well, they tell you don't use screens in bed because crawling into bed should be a cue for 
the brain shutting off. Mm. But now you've done that to your whole house where you're like, your brain's uh, like, yeah. can I relax here? Can I relax? It? No. Right. Can't, can't. Right. You don't have that cue. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> as, as time, that's a great point, because especially as time went on, when, you know, if you have a laptop, like most people do nowadays, right, you're just, oh, I think I'm going to just do work in the living room today or, yeah. you know, today is at the kitchen table, you know, or maybe it's in my, maybe it is in, in uh, yeah. working in bed today because, yeah. you know, I don't have any Zoom meetings. I just check my email, you know, so, so you're messing with like yeah. the, the, the area, the, the, you know, the boundary that your brain has for yeah. that designated location. Take all the boundaries out. Um, and then additionally, you know, we just spent far less time outdoors. We were just stuck inside. Um, and so fun fact, not, not so fun fact, <laughs> indoor air pollution, according to the World Health Organization, kills about 4.3 million people per year. Globally, globally. Oh, I'm gonna go home States, and open globally. my windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, this, is, this is just the dust, the mold, the, just, just okay. the lack of fresh air that we are getting. Okay. Um, I don't know. I didn't look into it too much. I don't know if it, it's, you know, how those, that 4.3 million is distributed. I don't know how much of that comes from America. But the fact remains, the right. you know, if we're inside, we are, and we're not getting fresh air and that yeah. sort of thing, it's bad for our health. Um, <clears throat> the, also because of the lack of sunlight. Yeah. Right? So that lack of vitamin D absolutely yeah. wrecks your immune system. Yeah. It kills it. If you do not get out in the sun, like your immune system just is like non-existent. Wow. And it also leads to things like depression. Yeah. Right? The lack of vitamin D, lack of sunlight, like just being stuck inside leads to things like depression, which as we know, um, leads to you being less active and wanting to you know, self-medicate with snacks and food and oh, yeah. alcohol, you know. Oh, stuck inside with the kitchen. Like with every, kitchen. oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. The overeating during the pandemic. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And then it becomes just like a cycle, right? It's like, yeah. you gain weight. Oh man, I gain weight. Now I'm de more depressed. Let me go eat more to help my feel. You know, it's just like this cycle of, ugh, just, just messiness. Or, or, or people um, wanting to bake more, right? Bake more, Sometimes yeah. it was a happy thing. Yeah. Sometimes it was a, a sad thing, you know, whatever. Or boredom. Oh, yeah. Boredom. Oh. It, eating for entertainment. Yep. That, oh, hey, I'll tell you what. That first, the first two weeks of the pandemic, whatever it felt like a vacation. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, we're like, oh, let's do this. Let's try this recipe. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah you like, okay. Only, I've had enough of this. Yeah. You can only bake so many brownies before you're like, all yeah, right. Or like, oh, I'm learning to make homemade bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So yeah, the psychological things that happened to us all, we were told we were not essential mm -hmm. and that you can't fix this. Yeah. And then constantly every day we're checking how many, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? Mm -hmm. What are the numbers? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're told, you know, you can't fix this. And uh, just that constant state of insecurity and bad news all day long and isolation from other people. And that's basically what happens to POW mm. uh, prisoners. They, they're told all day long, you know, well, everyone's dead, you're stuck in here, you can't do anything, and you're isolated. So I think we have not really recognized the pandemic as the traumatic event that it was. It was a collective trauma that yeah. everyone experienced together. But the good news is you can recover and be even better than you were before the trauma if you recognize it. First, you have to recognize it. Yes, that was trauma and then take the steps to recover from it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a traumatic experience. I think everyone was just so eager to move on, you know, and get back to yeah. quote unquote normal that we just kind of left it and are just like, okay, everything's fine now. <laughs> when right. You can say that all you want, but your 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 body no that's not how your body feels. No, our brains are still trying to recover yeah. from all of that. Yeah, for sure. So, and speaking of traumas, so micro traumas and insecurities living through the pandemic. I mean, if you think about it, so number two on, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is safety. Yeah. And we did not have that for the better part of two years. I mean, there was, especially early on, it was like, oh my gosh, if you go out, don't go outside or you'll die. Right. It was kind of like (laughs) the message. Like if you do anything, you could die. I remember going grocery shopping was so stressful. I was uh so keyed up. I'm like, okay, I've got my mask. I've got my gloves. I've got my hand sanitizer. They had the arrows. Remember that? They had the arrows on the floor. Stay six feet away from everybody. (laughs) And then you go home and you're like trying to wipe everything down. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it, right? Like if you go a year, two years, with just the constant threat of death looming over you at every at, at any given moment, right. right? This invisible foe that could kill you at any at any second, right? Um, yeah, that's going to cause a little bit of PTSD. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's definitely going to yeah. to impact you. Um, and so there were like there were little T traumas, like micro traumas, and yeah. big T traumas. Yeah, um, we all all of us experienced. You yeah. know, micro traumas in the form of right, like checking the yeah. checking the oh, how many deaths were there today? Oh, geez, or yeah, you know, just just like I was talking about the fact that you could get sick at any moment, and that a lot of us did experience big T traumas, right? Macro tra- traumas, and like we had friends. Or Everyone family knows or, someone that died from COVID. Yeah, right. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. And so that so so we yeah. experienced both of those, and again, over just such a long period of time. I mean, there were people too, like early on. I mean, think about people like when the hospitals weren't letting anyone in. Yeah. Right. And so there were babies that were born and no, the father or no, no family, no one could be there with the mom. So the mother had to go through uh, childbirth like by by herself with doctors that were fully, you know, like that's a traumatic, that's a traumatic experience, you know? So all of these things happened. Yeah. Um, And we just haven't really dealt with it. I know. I don't think, it. yeah, it's not being talked about and people aren't fully aware of it. Yeah. They just have a vague sense of um, poor memory, mm-hmm. low energy, poor not really. Motivation. Yeah, not not really motivated to go to the gym, not motivated, you know, canceling appointments, just, oh, I'm not feeling up to it. So they don't really... You know, oh, they think, oh, I'm functioning. I'm going to work. I, I'm doing things. But they don't realize that, no, you are still recovering. Mm-hmm. You have not recovered from right. the pandemic because you're not where you were before the pandemic. Yeah. And people are just don't, they don't recognize that because they're like, well, it was no big deal. Like, you know, no one in my immediate family was affected. I didn't get a serious case of COVID. Like, right. So no one is really recognizing it for what it was. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the first step. You gotta recognize, I okay, I've been through trauma. Now what do I do? Yeah, and acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, I'm I'm not a, we're no psychologist or anything like right. that, but I think probably just based on the research that we were doing, yeah, if you feel like you're, if you kind of feel like you almost have sort of like 
you're in just kind of this like semi-depressive state where you're just kind of like you're just having a hard time doing it like you're just yeah. your energy's not there and you're just kind of flat yeah right and you can't seem to shake it that's probably yeah. that, you know that could definitely be that post-pandemic malaise that you're experiencing yeah. where you just just when there's burnt out. there's two different ways there's two different responses there's people that are kind of low but then there's other people that it's like um the incidence of road rage and uh rage on flights is up oh yeah so yeah so you can go outside or inside with whatever you're feeling mm -hmm. so rage is up but also depression is up yeah so it might be two different things yeah for you yeah like that guy who uh more anxiety more yeah did you hear about that guy that punched mike tyson on a plane no an idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh. That dude was definitely going through something like, to punch You realize right that guy bit a guy's ear off. <laughs> uh, you might yeah. not want to do that. The last guy you want to do that to. Oh, my gosh. But, um, okay, so now that we are done depressing everyone. Yeah. We, <laughs> okay. There, there is hope. It's going to be fix, okay. How do we fix it? You can grow from trauma. Okay. You can do this. How so? so? Some good things can happen from this. Well, first of all, okay, acknowledge. Yes, I've been through trauma. Got to acknowledge that. Second... You've got to actively chase recovery. Mm -hmm. Got to take action. And that I know that's tough for people that are feeling on the low end of things, but do what you can. You know, have to be, have self-compassion, but at the same time, take steps to do things that you know that are good for you, even though you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. So uh, things like eat whole foods, even though the processed foods are talking to you, because whole foods will help you balance your moods. The mm. processed foods are going to unstabilize your moods. Mm. Uh, be patient with yourself. It takes time to do this, but just something every day. Do a little something every day, something that takes two minutes or less mm -hmm. towards that. And just take a small step to doing that. So uh, then when it's um, exercise is like number one for stabilizing your mood yeah. like you talk to anyone trained in psychology or therapy like just getting up and moving your body you need that blood flow through your brain you need to be up and moving so when you you know all you need is 20 seconds of courage mm. to you know make that appointment to go to a gym or go walk with a friend or whatever it is and then do it before you can talk yourself out of it yeah 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 so we always say uh the hardest part of going to the gym is getting in the car. That's the, the hardest yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even like you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I need to take action. I haven't been able to. It's important to do something like right now. So even stand up, do five squats. Mm -hmm. You got to do something right away to take action on that impulse that you're having that you know you need to take care of yourself, but you haven't taken action on it. Mm -hmm. So you do something right away in the moment. Okay, I did five squats. That's going to lead to being able to do something more later on. Mm -hmm. So do something small right away, and that'll help you do something bigger later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's for the people that are having trouble taking action. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Just so that's a good, that's a great strategy. Ride the wave. Yeah. Like when you feel like, oh man, I need to do something. You're feel you have that feeling you, of like, you got to do I, it. I, I need to. What, do what can I do? Just, just whatever it is, like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, and just take the plunge. It's easy. It's easy to talk yourself out of things because you do get cold feet. You're like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this race. And uh, if you don't log in and register for it, you're not going to do the race. Yeah, You're not going to do yeah. it. 
So yeah, make it, make yourself accountable for it. Tell someone else about it, get someone else helping you involve other people in the thing that you're trying to do. Like, okay, I know I need to go walking, then get a walking partner mm -hmm. or tell someone I'm going to go walk every day. Ask me in three days if I went for that walk, yeah. like get some accountability, get yeah. some help. You can't do it by yourself. Mm. You cannot recover from the pandemic by yourself. Right. It's going to involve other people. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Yeah. Like any absolutely. trauma, any trauma, you know? any trauma. Can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I guess it's kind of two sides of the same coin, but uh, getting outside. Yeah. Getting outside into the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. If you are an indoor cat and just love spending time inside and don't spend any time outside, just start, just take five minutes. Just go outside, for, go read for five minutes out yeah. in the sun. So, you know, it doesn't have to be exercise. You don't have to walk in it. Just go spend time outside. Go get, just get go, in, go into your backyard. If you're a person yeah. that's feeling, you know, anxious, yeah, then go in your backyard. That'll be your first step. Yep. Yeah. And then gradually build upon that. Um, and then I know I, I always am just constantly saying this, but just limiting screen time. Yeah. You know, just... Start limiting Limit that screen time, mm -hmm. you know, start setting boundaries with yourself in that area. Yeah. Um, start small. You know, if you're someone who spends three, four, five hours a day, you know, staring at a screen, you know, try to try to just cut it down. Yeah. Try to say, OK, like instead of four hours and try, you know, three hours and 45 minutes, you know, start with start with something super, super manageable, something yeah. super, super doable and just sort of gradually kind of whittle that down and replace that time with maybe it's maybe it's something like, Hey, instead of four hours, let me try three hours and 45 minutes. And then I'm spending 15 minutes outside yeah. right? instead of the four hours, you know, something that is, that can kind of take the place of that. Yeah. That's the one, the number one thing that people like my clients will, whenever I suggest something like that, they're very resistant to it. Like, yeah. Oh, that is not going to happen. <laughs> but I do have a client that successfully weaned herself off of using her tablet to wind down before bedtime. Yay, there you go. Yes, I have a success story. So we didn't start by cutting it down alone. We started by adding something else in. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, before you get on your tablet, um, listen to um, like a meditation. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry about that. <laughs> Guys, so um, pick it, our, our recorder ran out of batteries. So uh, picking up where we left off. Where did we leave off? <laughs> I think we're talking about uh, oh replacement uh, uh, screen subtraction time. by addition, right? You're talking about yeah, yeah. So yeah, so instead of just saying you know don't scroll on your tablet when you go to bed, like that was unthinkable, mm -hmm. right? So we just had her listening to a meditation before, mm. so she gave, she had full permission to scroll on her tablet, but she listened to the meditation before, and over time. She would fall asleep no, <laughs> during right, the meditation no. yeah. and ended up not using the tablet after a while. Nice. <laughs> so Look at that. So, I mean, that applies to food, too. Like, do the mm -hmm. thing before the thing. So you're just like, yeah, I have full permission to eat the donut, but first I'm going to eat this or drink this water or whatever the thing is. And then um, half the time you end up not doing the other things. So. Mm -hmm. It's a really good trick. It's a really good hack for, yeah. for you know, not for getting rid of bad habits. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, reducing screen time, this can really help because uh, I think everyone is very resistant to res reducing their screen time. So just put replace it with something, replace it with a walk, replace mm -hmm. it with board game, 
replace it with something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got traction by addition. Have a plan for, well, what am I going to be doing instead of that screen time? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it needs to be something that you actually like. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't force your force yourself to do something. That that that'd be that. Yeah. That's a recipe for. Yeah, it needs to be something you really working. you really like. Like, oh, I might maybe I'll go to the gym instead of mm. you know watching another hour of Netflix. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah, and then on that subject, <clears throat> sleep is huge for your mental health. So if you are trying to recover from anything, and everyone is trying to recover from the pandemic, find a way. Start hacking your sleep. And any sleep you can get before midnight is worth double of any sleep you get after midnight. Mm. So an hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours after midnight. Ah, it's interesting. A, it's a time saver. Yeah, it's efficiency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. That's interesting. But it's huge for mental health. It helps your brain needs that time to – <clears throat> there's a ton of research on this, but your brain works out a lot of problems while you're sleeping. And mm. it works out much better – even if the it's the same seven hours of sleep, midnight to 7 a.m. is not going to do near as much as 11 to 6 or 10 mm. to 5. Wow. So you're going to get a lot more. That's interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. So, yeah, basically, you know, get out there, exercise, you know, subtraction by addition. Yeah. Um, get some sleep. It's just, I it, mean, the way to recover is there's – it, to be honest, it's not a secret. It's the same thing, but you <laughs> might have to be like a little more intentional yeah. about it, you know, a little more firm about it. Like, yeah. you know, tell your family, look, this is really something we have to take seriously, especially if your tank was running low before the pandemic. Right. You're already using lots of screen time, already stressed out, already having lots of family problems. And then the pandemic, it, then your tank is absolutely empty now. And yeah. you need to really start chasing recovery. Yeah. Get serious about it. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you have it, guys. So hopefully this was insightful. Post-pandemic malaise, we're all going through it. We all experienced it. Yeah. But that's how you can get out of it. Yeah. You can get through this. There's a way out. All right. Yeah. We will talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye.